Welcome to Zephyr Yoga Inspiration. I offer these podcasts for free, and your support really does make a difference and is appreciated. To make a donation, please click the link in the episode description or visit ZephyrYoga.com. We are at the last stage of yoga called self-transformation. So as we've been on this journey over many weeks, looking at what Patanjali stated out as the seven stages of yoga in Sutra 227, that the light of our consciousness, Prajna, and our innate wisdom called Buddhi, take the physical, subtle, and causal body through these seven stages to experience liberation from rebirth, or that which causes pain and suffering. So the first stage is self-awareness, and as we drop into self-awareness, we gain greater self-understanding. From understanding ourselves, we find um, a place in which we can find self-acceptance of what is, what we find. From that, we empower ourselves to choose a devoted discipline practice, uh, which is the fourth stage. And we will repeat awareness, understanding, acceptance, practice. Awareness, understanding, acceptance, practice. Then from that, we start to awaken to the fifth stage, which is self-actualization. This realization of not just who we are, this limited self, but actually what we are and what we have always been as we touch that true nature, our enlightened nature, and really open our eyes to our potential in this lifetime and connecting to a deeper meaning and purpose to our embodiment. So that then it unfolds into the next stage, the sixth stage, which is self-transcendence, as we transcend that smallness of self, that limited self, our karmic ties to old patterns and past choices that don't serve us, that we get this evolutionary upgrade into the last stage of self-transformation as we use our practice, um, our yoga, to transform and to shine as we um, liberate from what, which, uh, that which causes us pain and suffering. So, yogis, uh, were, you, you know, originally were renunciants who didn't have very many things and tools. They practice, and what they did was look around, and what they had was the elements to learn from. And what they saw was the most um, transformative element that they could connect to was fire. Now, you know, say for instance, this brick, if I want to transform it, I can leave it out in the wind, but it will take many, many, many years for it to disintegrate. Or I can put it in water, and it will take a while for it to disintegrate. But if I put it in fire, that fire quickens that transformational process immediately where it turns into ash or smoke. So yogis started to kind of see the elements within themselves and see that to create alchemy, to alter a state, we use fire. And that creates that transformation really quickly. So they sense the fire in their eyes, the fire of sight, the light, the fire in their mind to kind of, you know, understand and critically think. The fire in their heart that motivates them to that uh, sense of love and inspiration. That fire in the belly 
connecting to this resource of energy to um, you know animate and and create um, you know movement and then that fire of creativity in the metaphoric womb um, of giving birth to ideas but even also in us women babies so there is this connection to this fire and what they experience is um, a, a way of harnessing the power of prana. Prana is that life force, that vital energy that is within you, that is the source of intellect, that is um, a source of way we can self-heal, but also inspire ourselves. And as we connect to it and contain it, we, have, we can tap into this un, unlimited, boundless resource of energy and power to actually fuel us to do our life well and optimize our health as well as um, fulfill our purpose of embodiment. So when we start to connect to our prana, as you probably feel your prana really small right now, when we start moving and breathing, we can increase this prana. And as we increase this prana, what we experience is this heat. Now, in yoga, we call this agni, this fire to burn bright and hot. And so we feel this fire within us that burns. And as it burns, we start to see how it can create this transformation um, within our minds, within our emotions, within our energy, within our body. And what we're trying to do in practice is a term called tapas. Tapas is practices that create heat for positive change. And in, in a way, it's like, what do you bring into your practice? And yes, you might be dealing with languishing kind of energy thoughts and, and situations in your life. Or, you know, you might be angry. You might be resentful. You might be dealing with grief. You might be dealing with, you know, depression. But if you put more of that into your fire, it's like putting um, a bag of dog poo in a fire, um, some cayenne pepper, and maybe um, an old tire. Now, when that burns, the aroma and the essence around the room is going to be very toxic because it will create this transformational experience of whatever you put into it. So what we're trying to do is actually, instead of putting negativity in our fire, we want to try to put positivity in it. So actively connect to, yes, your kind of shadow side and go, wow, what do I need? And so you form an intention and kind of acknowledge what is going on and you put your wishes in there. You put your intentions, your heart's desire, what is longing to be expressed, you know, in your practice, that burning desire for something greater. So you put your strength, your hope, your inspiration, you put your tolerance, patience, you know, kindness, tenderness, faith, trust, you know, joy, put that in your fire. What do you long for? Love. Put that in your fire and let that burn. So the aroma and the essence will burn and create this um, state in which uh, you hopefully will transform and you glow within those um, moments of or seeds of intention. So to address kind of the more shadow side, we look towards 
this Buddhist teaching on the four vessels. So these four vessels are a symbolic representation that describes our human systems, but also the challenges that we face. And if you've ever thrown um, clay to make a little clay pot on a wheel, and or just sculpted uh, like a clay pot, you're just creating a vessel in which you can use. Now, we take that clay pot and you smooth out the edges, make sure the lip is level, and you polish it and then glaze it with this amazing colors that are bespoke to you. And you put it in a kiln and you bake it, you cook it, and you get it so hot. By the time it's done, you open the lid and you take it out, it's glowing as you place it, as it cools down. And then as it cools down, you have this most beautiful um, sculpture of a, a pot or a vessel in which then you can utilize and um, benefit from, and it's beautiful. So this is kind of a reflection of you. So these four vessels are more of the shadow side that we see that we have a closed pot. Now a closed pot means that there's no opening. So it's really ineffective because you can't pour anything in it, suggesting that you can't receive anything and is closed off to all. And I'm sure that we can kind of relate to this because at some point of our lives, we have felt completely shut off, closed down, shut down, and really starting to see that why we're closed is really we're trying to protect ourselves from experiencing any more hurt, any more pain, any more suffering. However, when we close off to that, which causes us pain and suffering, we close off to that which um, brings us joy. So there's this concealing and not feeling. And in that shutdown experience, we kind of understand there is a limited way in which we can communicate, either receiving or offering. There's an inability to listen or even look at the source of the problem that we feel imprisoned by. So that is a closed vessel. Now we have the next vessel is a tilted vessel. And this tilted vessel um, has a lip that is misshapen. So even if you want to fill it to the max capacity, it can't hold what you pour into it. So this is the understanding that um, our physical, energetic, and mental bodies might not be able to see beyond this limiting belief of oneself. And it has this distorted perspective that keeps attached to that smallness of self. And that this becomes the crutch of blaming ourselves or others for what we feel that we lack in our lives. That kind of tilted viewpoint of ourselves and um, attach to the story of the reason why we can't hold on to more. So that tilted viewpoint is that kind of attachments to, I have a broken body, I am energetically not able to do that, or I don't have the mental capacity, therefore I can't do that. So it's that tilted vessel. The next one is a dirty vessel. A dirty vessel is a container that has dirt in it, and this dirt is a symbolic depiction of our prior conditioning. 
you know, how our past negative experiences, impressions, we call samskaras, influence our current perspective of life and our emotional state and how we actually behave, what's motivating us by being stuck in this negative story we tell ourselves, which interfere with our ability to see, think, and act clearly as it corrupts and contaminates anything that we pour into it, even if it's the purest of pure, it all of a sudden starts to see that, or we see that that dirt toxifies and, um, by bringing in unresolved stuff that prevents us really um, from celebrating our life as it is. So that's the dirty vessel. We have a leaky vessel which suggests that there's cracks that prevent us from holding, utilizing, or even um, effectively kind of benefiting from what we are receiving. So, you know, we can hear and receive knowing that this is really important and it's we have all good intentions to be present. But as we get distracted easily, and we start to see those little cracks dissipate our energy, our vital, um, you know, quality of our attention, and we waste our time on things that distract us that might not be very helpful or useful. It's like a knocking at the neighbors right now, which drew my attention, and my brain just was like, what was I thinking? What was I trying to say? Or a notification on my phone, because I'm like, did everybody get into the class? Or my children running down the stairs, or my dog barking, and it's like, oh my gosh, my brain is just leaking everywhere, and I can't stay present and concentrated. So I'm led and controlled by my senses. So we see ourselves as one or more of these vessels as we drop into self-awareness and go, wow, this is what I'm dealing with. As we um, understand maybe today which vessel are we kind of relating to more and it might be a combination of a few as we come to accept what is and kind of go okay this is what I'm, I'm working with today we start to actually empower ourselves to use our practice to heal to soothe to reshape our body's energy and our mind to transform our present state into optimizing our um, full potential of being able to be this full vessel that a container that can hold you know everything and that um, we put ourselves in this practice that creates this heat for positive change that we bake, we cook, we burn away that which prevents us or blocks us from really um, leading our life in such a full way. And that we um, pull ourselves out of our practice and really sit glowing, shining um, our unique skills, our unique talents, our unique gifts, our beauty of our pot, our beauty of our vessel, and actually celebrate the amazingness of you. And hopefully from this kind of transformative practice, you go and do your life well, feeling connected, feeling 
like you have a strong, stable vessel in which can receive and offer freely and really maximize um, the fullness uh, of your potential of you. So with that all being said, um, I hope uh, you tap into kind of really notice what you feel like right now and then reflect afterwards how your practice can transform your state. If you would like to continue to practice, find out more information about the topics discussed, or to donate to this podcast, please visit ZephyrYoga.com or follow the link in the episode description. I thank you.